All right. Well, welcome to the Fuck Therapy Podcast, Cindy. I am so grateful that you have booked a session and going to share your story with us. Maybe. Yes. Yes, that's why I'm here. (laughs) Because you have an absolutely incredible story. And, you know, we we found each other on TikTok um, and you do some amazing stuff. Um, You're in an industry that I wasn't aware existed um, and you make jewellery out of breast milk. I do, but we actually met on Instagram. See, oh, you never remember the input. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. There you go. <laughs> okay, so so one of us is more detail orientated than the other. <laughs> I don't forget anything. That's yeah. That's all you need to know. I don't forget a thing. No. Um. Yes, we met on Instagram. I inboxed you and told you that you're an incredible, you know, fangirl type thing, and and then I followed you on TikTok, and now we're Facebook friends, and here we are on a podcast. How yes. awesome is that? Yes, I know. It's crazy. But, yes, um, besides that, yes, I do make breast milk jewellery. Yeah. 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 It was interesting because the first email, um, I think I said, you know, I sent you my email, then you emailed me, and it came yeah. it came across as breast milk, breast milk jewellery. Oh, my God. It's a wonder it didn't go to spam. It's like porn. Like porn. What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so what That's is breast, the... so what is breast? I mean, I now know, but for those that don't know, what is breast milk jewelry? So breast milk jewelry is taking a client's breast milk and encapsulating it into a forever keepsake or a wearable piece of jewelry. And so that's a very condensed version behind it. But we yeah. we take take the breast milk, we preserve it. So it stops all of the mold growth and all of that. And we take it from a liquid form and transfer it into a solid stone state. We then break that stone down into a fine powder and then we encapsulate it into resin, not just, you know, your good old Bunnings resin or anything like that. It's jewellery-grade resin. Yeah, and create a wearable piece of art basically, to commemorate a breastfeeding journey. Isn't that awesome? I think so. I think it is super (laughs) awesome. But then I came onto your live and you threw an absolute halo at me because it was not breast milk that you were drying out that particular day. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) So it's not just breast milk jewellery. You've actually been able to use this art and use it for all different body parts. Fluids. Fluids, body fluids. (laughs) Were you drying out, it was not an embryo, uh, some sort of placenta? Yes, I'm glad that you answered that because I'm like, oh, my God, what live did he see? Because it could have been either the placenta or the semen, and I'm too embarrassed to bring up the first one. (laughs) 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 So, um, yeah. Um, But, yes, I think that one would have been placenta that I was trying out. It was, absolutely. But you can literally do it for any. Yeah, so I have I, I had a guy one day on my Facebook page come in and be all, you know, macho and he's like, oh, you know, what a bullshit product. I 
I guess you encapsulate dog poo too. And I'm like, well, I'll give it a crack, you know. <laughs> I'm crazy enough to do it. I, I love a challenge. And he's like, oh, um, bet you couldn't um, make anything out of semen. And I said to this bloke, I said, I'll tell you what, I've never worked with semen before, but if you could produce me 20 to 30 mil, if you think you're man enough to get me that amount, <laughs> I will make you a keepsake. And this guy was so taken back by um, my cheek in my comment, I guess, um, that he ended up inboxing me and he said, right, I've, I've got about three condoms, but I think that's about all I can muster. And I said to him, send it in, a promise is a promise. And, yeah, so I made him a bead out of um, sperm. And he's a tradie and he's taken it to work and shown all of his mates. He's like, check out my spoof bead. Like, you know, <laughs> he's quite proud of it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but the fact is that you can literally do it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, not that we're encouraging, you know, that type of jewellery, but no. the, re the reality is that, I know you do do keepsakes for all sorts of different events and that's, yes. you know, that that's incredible, particularly those that have, you know, suffered from loss and those sorts of things. Yes. It's a beautiful way of having a keepsake that actually carries their uh, DNA. Yeah, so with our memorial loss pieces, we've got so many different options. Like people think of a memorial piece and they're like, cremation ashes turn into a diamond which is something that we can do um but they um tend not to look outside the box and I always encourage people to do that like you'll have some that'll say I wish now that I cremated my daughter because she's buried I'm like well take the topsoil of the grave or um you know like parents that have gone through an IVF journey oh I've I've mourned a loss because my IVF didn't work but I've got nothing, like I don't even have cremation ashes from the loss, you know, and I'm like, well, give me the embryo straws and I'll turn them to ash and make something out of that. And so there's there's always something that you can take from it, whether it's a, a rose petal that grew on top of a grave, you know, pet hair that you find in a brush, you know, there's always there's always something to remind people of loved ones everywhere around them. They're just going to look outside the box of what yeah. they think is norm yeah. and um, and chase it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've even done um, tobacco from a pipe before um, because, and this is probably one of my favourite stories, this woman come to me, she was heartbroken. She, Her father had passed away. Um, she didn't have a great deal to do with her father because of domestic violence. Um, but in her later years, towards his death, they went on a, a healing journey and they spent the last couple of important weeks of his life reconnecting, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so because of all the turmoil and stuff between her and her father, um, none of the family wanted to share the ashes with her. They're just like, no, he's never got along. You're not having anything of him. Almost like she didn't deserve it. Um, but the one thing that she was given um, and she seems to think that this was given to her in spite, um, was she used to always be on her dad's back about smoking a pipe yeah. and it was her pet hate. Well, the one thing that they gave her out of everything to hold on to was his pipe. Yeah. And it was almost like, you know, a joke to them. So she, she comes to me and she's like, all I've got is a pipe. I'm devastated. I can't make anything with a pipe. 
And I'm like, has it got tobacco in it? She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, we'll make something out of the tobacco. Yeah. So, you know, um, it looks like an amber stone. It's beautiful. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a way of commemorating something where she felt like all was lost. Yeah. And um, she kind of got to stick it up the family at the same time. So that you know, <laughs> made it even more awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. that, that's, that's, that's a win-win. Um, yes. So I'd love to explore the journey of how how you found out about this, how you got into it, because that's got to be a journey. Yes. So I guess I pulled infor- uh, information, inspiration from different sources of my life. Yeah. Probably the biggest thing that thrust me into this business was the the death of our son in 2012. So we, yeah. we had a stillborn and I had oodles of leftover, you know, breast milk just sitting in the freezer and yeah. I just could not bring myself to throw it out. It was the last physical piece of anything that I was producing remotely related to him, yes. you know. Yes. So and I was having a couple of wines and talking to a friend across the table and we were just sort of shit faced really on too much wine and we, we got <laughs> onto the <laughs> onto the topic about the milk and yeah and me being eccentric like I am, always have been said to her I don't want to chuck it out I should just set it into a pair of fucking earrings and wear them around the ears you know and we just both stopped dead it was just silence and we just looked at each other and I went do you think I could do that and she's like are you serious I'm like it has to be a thing doesn't it and I then, love this yeah. story and that's how it took off yeah so and I set out all I wanted to do was make myself a keepsake just me that's it like I had no intentions of making a business and so I didn't want to waste my precious milk in the freezer so I had all my friends donate me there so I could experiment on I was I was smart enough to know that it had to be preserved you know like how were you um, smart enough to know that because I would have known that <laughs> well I mean, it doesn't I, say too much but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I figured, you know, like breast milk, like, you know, it's going to go moldy at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, and so I did what probably everybody in the history that's made breast milk jewelry probably did with their first attempt and just put raw breast milk into resin and hope for the best. So oh. It was a big fail. It was black within two weeks. Yeah. I was like, that is definitely mold. So now we've got to preserve this shit. So, I tried so many different things and like I was spending money on chemicals, mixing chemicals that probably shouldn't have been mixed. I remember one day I'd experimented with something. I can't know what it was, but I literally had to evacuate the house because I thought about <laughs> with a toxic gas. <laughs> I was quite sure we we're all going to die that day, but anyway, we got through it. And then um, so a little bit more research. And then one day I was in the kitchen and I'm like, I was at the point of just giving up. I was like, I'll just send this shit somewhere and someone else can make it for me and I'll just put my trust in them that it's going to work. But I thought I'll have one more crack at it and I had one thing left on my list that was right down the very bottom. I thought I'll give that one a go. If that one doesn't work, then I'm done. And so I tried it and it worked. I was like, Dang. holy crap. The last one on the list, yeah. 
so um so then I made myself a keepsake I look back on it now and I think oh my god my skills have come a long way but nevertheless it was you know something for me to hang on to and then I posted it to my page and went oh just made myself a breast milk thing don't really know what it is but it's kind of cool and then everyone else is like oh do you reckon you could make me one and I'm like yeah I'll, I'll make you something of course I can then, yeah and then they're I'm a badass jeweler <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it just kind of got out of control and and then I was like you know because at this stage it was just all cash in hand like yeah, yeah, strange yeah. women turning up on my doorstep with bags of breast milk and 50 bucks like yeah. You know, and then um, after a while, I had to set up a website. I had no idea about business. I I knew enough to know that I needed a business name and an ABN and a website. And I set those things up thinking, you know, I'll be lucky to get one order a month, but it quickly grew. And then I had my husband's accountant ring my husband and say, you need to tell Cindy to come in because I don't know whether she knows this or not, but she's created herself a business and she now has to register for gst and, <laughs> <laughs> like shit this isn't it good you, you know when anything good happens in this world financially the tax man finds out about it first exactly goes, i know i want some <laughs> yeah. well, it's like what what is this fast crap what are, i've never heard of this before and yeah and then it wasn't until sort of that point that i've kind of gone well a business just developed under my eyes, like without, like I didn't even see it coming. It just, it's yeah. like it just seeped out from my soul and become this thing that I had no idea what to do with. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'm a business. <laughs> and, Might start doing business shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then it was you know, business podcast after business podcast. And yeah, so everything that I've learned about business has, truly come from no experience whatsoever yeah like yeah like yeah and um so I just sort of learned along the way which is maybe even more passionate absolutely. because you know it's, absolutely. yeah absolutely um, so that's incredible um I do want to dig more into the business however I do want to know more about you we've introduced you we, we know now you're a business owner you've talked about being married so you're a wife Tell us your backstory. You got kids. Is this the first relationship? Tell us more about you. This extra, so, this incredible woman. Oh God. This <laughs> entrepreneur. Sure sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I was oh, either okay. going to talk to Bill Gates or you, so I thought I'm coming to you. Oh, wow, you bloody better come to me before Bill Gates. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I am 42 years young. Yes. I'm going to say young. Yes. And, well, I'm 49. Um, it has to be young. It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm married to a 50-year-old husband i just had to get that in there because you know i'm younger than him he's in his 50s now and i'm not and i have two children and we have one lost son who we base the business off yes and i have an ex-husband if i could loosely call him an ex-husband um i didn't have any children in that marriage my new husband now had two children of his own yep and then we had two 
um, living children together. And so we've got, I like to say I've got four children because, yep. you know, he, his are also mine. However, uh, he hasn't seen his children for such a long time. Like, right. yeah. But that's a whole other podcast. So like, yeah, <laughs> it hasn't been for like a trying, but yeah, um, bit of a sour marriage breakup there, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I do like to include them, even though they're not here physically. I like to include them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it sounds sounds as if, you know, you know, you, you touch a few things and it turns to gold. So has life always just been this great for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know people are thinking if, if this person's talking to you, there's got to be a backstory. Oh, Jesus Christ. I knew there was a reason why you said to me, do you want to come on the podcast, Cindy? Oh, yeah, sure, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there's always a backstory. It depends on how far back you want me to go. Like, I mean, do you want me to start from my earliest childhood memory or do you want me to start from somewhere relatively in the middle because um listen give us a very very you know like a very like give us a minute synopsis of of your childhood but let's spend more time you know in in your adult life and you have got yeah so so whatever you're comfortable with there okay so i i had a husband before my current husband i had i had probably one serious relationship before my ex-husband come along and that was a very beautiful loving first love I guess you could say yeah. I'm still friends with the guy today how um, old were you oh geez so I would have started dating him around the tender age of 13 and <laughs> I reckon we were together until till about 17 I think we were wow. together yeah, yeah yeah and then I had to beat him up because he cheated on me. <laughs> and yes, and then he moved away and it was only. Hey, hey of- I just, sorry. Sorry. I don't, yeah. need to, I don't need to interrupt. And people know I can do that a little bit. But when you say you had to beat him up, something tells me you actually beat him up. Yeah, so I whooped his butt <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't having that shit. No, it was um, <laughs> so <laughs> we, um, uh, although, you know, the, the whole town thought that we were going to be the couple that got married, you know, like yeah. if anyone ever took like a vote, it would be, you know, it would be us too. And then um, we were going to two different high schools. So the high school that I was going to, when I was in, just about to start grade eight in that high school, they shut down the school and become just a VCE school only, which I, what do they call it now? VET or something. Back then it was VCE. Yeah. And so we, we had to, all of the juniors had to move schools. So they moved my school over to where my boyfriend was attending. And I was like, oh, yay, this is fantastic until I got there. And then realised that, and his name was Jamie too, by the way. I won't hold that against you. <laughs> I think you've told me that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and until, yeah, I turned up there on basically, you know, the first day of school and first thing I wanted to do was catch up with my boyfriend and, yeah, I caught up with him all right. He was with his other girlfriend at the school. Dirty and- dog. 
Yeah, so yeah, so I whooped his butt in front of all of his friends. I put his front tooth through his bottom lip. Well done. Um, and then, so of course I was in trouble at school. Yeah, and but you're also was, the school hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, I was so devastated after that that I I literally got up and moved schools again. So yeah, I've attended right. three high schools. So I ended up yeah going to another high school, which I made beautiful friends at and some of them I'm still friends with this day and lovely yeah so and now Jamie is back in my life in a form of a very timid friend so I bet you he's timid yes Um, yeah I bet you he's timid (laughs) and I bet you he regrets that every day of his life yeah, he better. He, I won't let him forget it. No, no, listen, no. don't get your ass handed to you by, by your girlfriend and forget it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Yes, but we've, we've both moved on. He's got a beautiful wife and something crazy, like four or five kids or something. Yeah, okay. Like, got a big brood. And, and then I moved on to get married to, uh, after Jamie broke my heart, I quickly moved on to dating again because that's how I did things back then I just got straight back on the horse yes and um and met my ex-husband at a party and in true Cindy fashion I chose the most pissed bloke the most crudest (laughs) one to sit next to at the party and ended up taking him home (laughs) and then we moved in together when I was 18 I think we were 18 yeah, I moved to Melbourne for him. And then we were married at 21. Right. Yeah, and divorced at 25. <laughs> so it was a very quick marriage. Didn't feel that quick, though, in the midst no. of things. But no. he was, yeah, was he, he wasn't a Jamie. Yeah, yeah. So he And was, I think it ended in similar style. Yes. Yes, but it was me getting my ass whooped instead of the other way around. Yeah. yeah. And, and you hadn't cheated either. No. <laughs> let's just, <laughs> let's just clarify that. Yes, exactly. So, so yes. a very toxic, abusive, physically and emotionally abusive relationship. Very. Yes. Um, scarily, yeah. scarily violent yeah. situation. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's just I haven't even told my children that I have an ex-husband yeah. because I don't want to have to deal with the questions that come across with those questions. Yeah. But I will be having that conversation with them when they're older, you know, just before they start dating themselves. I want them to know everything. I don't want to hold back anything when it comes to my experience because um I'm not gonna show them pictures, are you? No, no, I won't go that far. But um, <laughs> actually, I don't think I have one photo of him. I don't have any. I don't mean of, of him. him. I mean of what he did to you. Oh, no. See, I did actually have photos of all of that sort of stuff, but I don't anymore. Anything that was related to him physically is gone, everything. Yeah. And I think it was only a couple of years ago that I come across one family photo that my mum and my brothers were in, and he just happened to be in the background, and I burnt it. So, you know, it was the last piece of anything of him that, yeah. Yeah. So the only thing of him that I carry with me is probably a 
little bit of loss of trust in people and a few battle scars and that's about it. Yeah. So, but I'm not willing to give him anything other than what I'm willing to carry. Sure. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we won't go into the level of detail um, of that physical abuse because it was absolutely horrific. And I think most people understand when, when we say, when I'm talking about horrific physical abuse, use your imagination and, and you're probably right in every single aspect. It was brutal. And I don't want to trigger people to that level. But the reality is from that brutality, you moved on. Yeah. You know, there was life beyond it. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's this message of empowering people and empowering in particular women that are either in or have left toxic, narcissistic, manipulative, you know, sexually abusive, physically abusive relationships. And part of your story and, and part of what makes you so incredible is what you've gone through because you've become an incredibly powerful woman. Thank you. I always struggle when people say kind things to me, but thank you. Yeah, um, it's just so true. You know, you. and and it's 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 trying to you know from this you know this emotion that we're in right now. What's a message that you can send women out there that are either in these relationships? Let's address that to start with. You know, what message could you send them right now? To any woman, I would just say that every woman is born with an intuition. Yes, it's just something that is naturally gifted to us without us even knowing that we have it. Yeah. If you tap into that and listen to it, it won't steer you in the wrong direction. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and, and to add to that, it's like you need to know your worth. Yes. Yes, your worth. And also not even just knowing your worth, but proving your worth. I and I I hate telling people that they should prove themselves to people because anybody in a domestic violence situation um, that's all they do is they're continually trying to prove themselves, you yes. know, to be worthy of anything in life. But once you get out of that situation and know that you are worthy of everything, you've just got to commit yourself to do it. So for me, one of the biggest things about being in business was that that was something that I was told that I didn't have the smarts for, you know, yeah. I didn't have the smarts, you know, what do you mean, you know, you want to run your own business or what do you mean you want to be PM of Victoria? Do you know what I mean? Like anything, anything yeah. that was a desire or a dream was quickly squashed because you weren't good enough. But know that when you've got nobody standing beside you or even if you do have somebody standing beside you, just know that you only have to prove yourself to people for so long before they stop questioning why because anybody that's going to stand by you I mean, for me, when I first started out in business, there was lots of doubt around it, um, not only because of the type of product that it was, but I'd never done anything with my life other than give myself to a partner, Yeah, you know. And so I could see a lot of friends sitting back on the, you know, the back line going, mm, yeah, how long is this going to last for? Well, part of the reason why it lasted this long is because I wanted to prove them wrong. So my, the determination of um, me being stubborn, and it's purely down to my stubborn streak, I think, is where I am now. I had so many people to prove wrong, 
But most of all, I had to prove myself wrong because those words that you're taking from relationships telling you that you can't do it, they eventually seep into your soul and become your own um, outlook on your own values and self-worth. And so I had to break down that barrier. But, um, yeah, so with becoming in business, not only have I overcome the loss of a child, I've overcome being told that I'm worthless. I've overcome leaving a marriage bankrupt because I I was bankrupt when I left. I had to become bankrupt. And I started my business with the last $30 in my bank account. Um, And everyone thought I was crazy because I had $30 in my bank account. And here I am spending it on eBay buying potions to mix together to see whether I can crack some, you know, curious God knows what thing that I had going on. Um, but it's the best $30 I've ever spent. Yeah, I so, love it. Yeah. I love it. It's an incredible story and there's so many things that you say that resonates with me. I think we say things a little bit differently, but the message is the same. It's like whether you believe you can or you can't, you are always right. And without yeah. doubt, when you allow when you al- allow the words of someone else to permeate your soul, in other words, that person that wants to tear you down, that wants to tell you that you're less than, that wants to tell you that you're limited, that wants to tell you that you're flawed, you know, when you start telling the same story that they're telling, that is when it hits your subconscious. That's when yes. it hits your soul and it becomes the way in which you program yourself. You then become programmed to resonate at the level of that person that they're trying to make you be because of their insecurities. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then you resonate at that level and you attract more of that into your life. So one of the first things I say to people when they come out of toxic type relationships, the safest way to exit is to work on you first, to get you back. And, and it's interesting you talk about intuition because when I, I, I one of my programs is a boundary management program, teaching people what boundaries are, how to set them, how to manage them, how to maintain them. And I break it down to three simple things. The first thing is self-worth. You have to believe in you because yes. if you don't believe in you, you will never represent yourself. When someone yes. goes to ride over the top of you, you will submit your will to theirs because you have no belief in you. So self-worth is key. The very second thing is intuition. Mm -hmm. You have to listen to it. And, I mean, you've got to learn what it even is and what is intuition versus paranoia. What is intuition versus anxiety? You know, what is intuition versus that overthinking sensation, you know, where it all goes to negativity? And, you, and one, of, one of the things I tell people is your intuition will give you a sense of peace. Yes, exactly. Where and the I, rest I, don't. Yes, yes, that's exactly. It's almost like it hits a moral ground yeah. at some point and it all balances out because yeah. you're right, there is a lot of confusion between paranoia and intuition. Yeah. And it took me many, many years to realise that I was sabotaging myself. And even though, like, deep down I knew it was intuition, it was like I had an intuition that I had an intuition. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I knew for years that I was going against my intuition. Um, 
And it wasn't until I actually gave it a chance one day that I was like, you know what, I have fucked up so bad. <laughs> like I should have been listening to this years ago. Yeah, so it's but it's hard to explain. How would you explain it? It's interesting that you say you had to sort of tune into your intuition to know about your intuition. Yes. Well, the very first thing that I tell people, the first emotion that you need to tune into to, to in any situation, right, to know what to do is to ask, how do you feel? Yes. So the first question I always say to people is, do you feel safe? Right. Because yes. if you're not feeling safe, and I don't just mean physically safe. Yes. I'm talking about safe to speak your truth, safe to be the person that you are, safe to make that comment, safety in all aspects of that term safety, right? Because it's your security and survival instinct. Yes. And it's that security and survival instinct that is run by your subconscious that uses intuition to communicate to your conscious mind. Yes. Because it's there to protect you. Yes, it's like a primal. And that's what you sort of, it's like my intuition to my intuition. It's like it's that security and survival instinct. So we are born as humans um, 100% dependent on someone other than ourselves to survive. Yeah. We're not like animals that we can get up on our feet and we can do it's like we are actually dead if we're not taken care of. Yeah. For many years. Yep. We will not survive without the care of someone else. So naturally, we are born with that survival instinct and that security instinct. Right? Yep. And then in our early ages we learn how to attach to things. Yeah, And when we've had sort of, you know, pretty ordinary upbringings and those sorts of things, we can attach to a whole host of things and then replicate that in the partners that we choose because that's what we've learned is connection. That's what we've learned, you know, is acceptance. And and it's unbelievable, but it's 100%. So you're listening there, you know, you're hearing it from someone with the experience that's been through it. Tune into that intuition because your intuition is there to protect you. You know, without doubt, I think it's a powerful message, you know, and then there's a whole host of things you you, you need to do. The third thing that I think is absolutely critical is integrity. It's to have integrity. Yes. But it's to have integrity beyond others. First, we need to have integrity for ourselves. We do. We have to imagine if I said to you, Cindy, the only decision you can ever make for you is one that you deem acceptable for your daughter. Holy shit, that's deep, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where to start with that one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Why should you accept less? Yeah, that's true. I want so much for them. The list would be huge of what not to accept. Yeah. But that all comes from the experiences, I guess. Yeah. And listening to the intuition. Yeah. So absolutely. So I mean, what perfect timing. As your daughter walks in, you know, you get to look her in the eyes and go, How, what decisions? (laughs) 
right? <laughs> but this yes. is this is how it needs to be because ultimately we have to have that same level of integrity for us. We need to defend us. We would them. Exactly. Yes. And I've always been the type of person that, like, as, as long as someone else feels good, then that's that's okay, you know. Yeah. And, and that's um, that people-pleasing mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Where we're there and we're going, you know, it's so important that we make them feel good. Exactly. Yeah. The challenge I have for that, as I often have challenges, Cindy, and you know that. <laughs> God. <laughs> the challenge I have for that is what is what is the best gift that you can give someone, right? Other than your time. To me, I think it's your truth. Yes. And you know? respect. And you look at it and you go, if you can give someone your truth. If you can be honest, um, yeah. completely honest, it's the best foundation for good relationship. And therefore, when someone asks you a question that you want to say no to, and that is your truth, the kindest possible thing you can tell them is no. Yes, true. Because it's your truth. Yes. Yeah. When someone wants you to submit your will to theirs, the kindest thing you can do to them is to say no. I will not submit my will to yours because two things will happen if I do. First, you will lose respect for me. That's true. Secondly, and what's even worse, is I will lose respect for me. Yes. And this is actually going to put our relationship in a worse place than me standing here, submitting my will and saying yes to something that ne- that no needs to be said to. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I can see how, okay, so the people that I trust the least are the ones that know too much about me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the ones closest to me that um, I trust with everything Low, uh, know very little about me so in some sense coming from a domestic violence background that is probably one of the biggest things that people struggle with the most is yeah. their truth yeah. because it makes them vulnerable yeah so um because my truth about sexual abuse from younger years made me vulnerable to a domestic violence relationship as well because there was truth there that he knew something about me that was able to be used against me even though that was my truth and so when the next person comes along you give them just a little bit less of the truth you know you give them less to hang on to so but how amazing would it be to meet somebody where you could have your entire truth laid out and not have to fear that any of that's going to be used against you. Like yeah. that, yeah, that is. That is true. That, In my opinion, that's true relationship. Yes, exactly. That is what relationship yeah. is, you know, because so often, you know, if you removed competition from relationship, yeah, would solve so many problems, wouldn't it? So would, yeah. Because then you yeah. can you you look at all of that you see but here's the kicker 
This is where we need to spin it. And you look at it and you go, okay, we need to change the story behind what's being told because I see your truth as being very different to the way in which it's described. Yes, and a lot of people do. (laughs) I look at it and go, let's just talk about, you know, someone that has suffered from domestic violence, Mm -hmm. someone that has suffered from sexual abuse, these sorts of things. You go, your story is not that. No. Part of your journey is that. Exactly. But people confuse part of my journey with part of my story and they go, well, what's the difference? And you're going, well, part of your journey is that you you've gone through if 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 we were to you know decide to get in the car and we're going to drive from here to south australia well we're going to go up hills down hills round corners sometimes it's going to feel like we're going to go backwards around over river crossings up over snow mountains to go and get to the other side right that's just part of a journey right yes but that's not the story no. that's just the things that we navigated to get from here to there that's right, right? We don't, we don't turn up somewhere and talk about how many left corners, right corners, river crossings, traffic lights, near misses. No, we've gone from here to there, right? Yeah. And you look at it and go, what does trauma actually do? Well, if, if all the thing, if the only thing we do is we, we focus on the name of that trauma, mm-hmm. right, then that's what we bring forward. Yes. Because trauma happened in the past. Yes. Well, the past no longer exists. That's right. It's in a period of time that has gone. Thank we, God. We, we can't even, <laughs> absolutely. You go, so, so how does it come forward? It's like, well, you carry it forward. Yeah. You go, so what's the alternative? And you go, well, the alternative is to gain the lessons, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the experience from the trauma. Exactly. Yeah. Once you've gained that, the trauma, the name of the trauma becomes hollow. Yeah. So we can tell your story as someone that suffered from DV and sexual assault and those sorts of things, or we can look at it and go, you are one resilient woman. You're a woman of great resilience and you've done a doctorate in it. You're a woman of great courage (laughs) and bravery and determination and commitment and self-discipline. You're also a woman of great love and compassion and empathy and truthfulness and trustworthiness and humility and respect and integrity. You go, this is your story. This is who you are as a person. This is who you are as a woman. That is your story. How did you become that way? Oh. Like a bodybuilder, they look at this body and go, man, you're looking amazing. It's like, why don't we tell the story of the brutality that I went through to get here? Because that's just the journey. My story is that I had self-discipline and I turned up every day and I did, right? You look at the results that you got within your business, you know, and you had an idea. Nothing more than an idea. And you had been told in the past that you couldn't do anything like this. But you see, in that period of time, you eliminated all the negative voices and you became tunnel vision focused on what you wanted to achieve. 
And as a consequence of that tunnel vision on you, what you wanted to achieve, what happened? You achieved it. flourished. Yes. You achieved it because what you did is you eliminated the crap. You stopped telling yourself a million stories because if the only story you told yourself was that you couldn't, well, then you wouldn't. That's right. Yes. You see, stubbornness can also be a positive thing because once linked to determination and self-discipline that came from your past, that came from having to push day in and day out of the most horrific experiences that you could, when you were faced with adversity, you were kind of like, serious? Is that the best you've got? What, the stone went black, big deal, I'll go again. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you got finally the success of the actual manufacture, it was then you're faced with another beast. And that beast was called business. That beast was called governance and legislation and taxation. And you're like, I don't even know how to pronounce half of those things, but bring it on. Why? Because this is nothing compared to what I've gone through. What, you're going to ask me to teach, learn how to do this, what, and not kick me at the same time? <laughs> no problem. I got this. Right? Yeah. It's when you're getting bombarded with orders where you're now four or five months ahead in sales. How do you manage? How does anyone deal with that? You're going, what? What, a, a nasty email? Versus someone standing over the top laying boots in like, you serious? I'll take an email any day of the week. There's nothing. Exactly. I'll take a thousand of them. You see, but it's what you've gone through in the past that set you up for the future. And it was the fact that you got tunnel vision on the direction you wanted to go that led you there. And I think that's such, so much of the story, the power in your story, the power in you that has made you achieve the things you've achieved. Thank you. Yeah. You're an inspiration. Oh, no, you're, you're an absolute, you know, you look at stubbornness <laughs> and you go, it's not just stubbornness. That just means let's go again. But that's not yes. stubbornness. You see, you actually have resilience. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. It's kind of when, when you don't get it your way first time, yeah, I'll go again. What about next time? I'll go again. What about next time? It's like I've always got one more round. So if yeah. you think I'm going to fatigue, you don't know what I've been through. Exactly. Yes. It just, um, yes, determination would would definitely have to be a big part of it. Yeah. All of it, Cindy. That's the beautiful part. When you've gone through what you've gone through, at different times we need different things. You know, when you're out there at 11 o'clock at night because you've had to put the kids to bed and blah, 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 and now you're going to one o'clock in the morning, knowing you're going to be back in there at five o'clock in the morning, you're going, no, no, you're tapping in on self-discipline. Yes, I This definitely... isn't motivation. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is self-discipline, <laughs> right? Yes. You're looking at it while we're trying to do a podcast, stroking your daughter's hair. At the same token, you've got compassion and empathy. Thank you. Like you're the complete woman. I don't know what to say. This podcast is rigged. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what's rigged about it is that you've been vulnerable, 
you've been honest, and you've been authentic. And what happens when you're those things is you come out. And I'm just picking up on what you're putting down. And these are all the things that you're putting down. You're inspirational. You're incredible. You're a role model. You're a beautiful mother. You're a great wife. You're all of these things all built into one. And it all came out of your past and you've grown into all of this. Yes. And um, I have to just keep building on it, no matter how scared I get and see where it goes. Um, yeah, it, it's almost like destiny already had it all mapped out for me because, like I said, I didn't sit down and go, right, next week I'm going to start a business um, and I'm going you to be rich. listen to your intuition. Yes, it just organically took itself on its own journey and really the business breast milk jewellery is, it's really its own thing. It owns me, you know. It's really the only thing that I've had in life apart from my children that give me unconditional support if I ask for it. Yeah. I mean, when I say if I ask for it, if I if I love it back, yes. it'll supply me with love and support. Um, it's been somewhere that I can go and hide myself in. Um, it's made me new connections. You know, it's opened me up on a platform of social media that um, – you know, due to relationship um, restrictions, I was I was never allowed on things like social media, that sort of thing. You know, it's opened yeah. up an entire new world yeah. to me and it's allowed me to reach out to people that have resources such as yourself as well and yeah. learn new things because even when I first come out of my marriage, I was still going, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. What, what did you call that? Like, it wasn't until like many years later that I actually had the confidence to have the words domestic violence come out of my mouth because yeah. that's not something that I go through. Like, yeah. you know, other people have it worse. Yeah. But until I actually gained those resources and found you and everything that you stand for, it was like, holy shit, like, here's my family has been here all along, but, yeah. you know, being distant from it. So, yeah, the, the experiences from the past and the business, um, it, it's just all opened up a whole heap of different opportunities. The only thing that I'm sad about is that it's taken until age 42 to be able to have those things. Yeah. I almost feel like I've wasted so much of my life supporting people that don't deserve to be supported. Yeah. So so yeah. now I intend on supporting those that do deserve it and want to build on either a bad experience or or they you know they've lost their job from covid and they just don't know what the hell they're going to do. You know, I want to encourage those those women because you, you don't have to be in a domestic violence situation to struggle with your mental health. No, absolutely not. So, yeah, it's really... Absolutely uh, not. Yeah. But you're doing all of those things and so much more. Back onto your business, you actually obviously do all this yourself, but you also then teach other women how to do it, how to set up their businesses and that as well. Yeah, so that comes from a bit of a strange place in itself. So because I look at things a lot differently to other people in business, 
So, I mean, say, I don't know, say you had something that was painted to you, you know, your own little secret business and then somebody come up and just bluntly said in your face, I want to know how to do that. Teach me everything you know. The first thing that business people do is they get insulted and cut off and they're like, what the hell? How rude of you to even ask? Go away. Like, you want to be my competition? I had a lot of that when I first started. My inboxes are still to this day full of people saying, teach me how to do it. I want to do it. And at the start, I did think it was a little rude, you know, because I was proud of what I built. But then after a bit of time, I realized that these people were just pissing off and doing it anyway, but at a very poor skill level and making the whole industry look terrible. And so after a while, I was like, um, well, why not help them? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They're not going to be taking sales out of my cart. Um, It's not as if they're going to start their business tomorrow and be turning over seven-figure incomes the next day. Um, And if we're going to have this as a recognised industry, which obviously it isn't at the minute, uh, then why not make it the most professional um, one we can? So um, I started training and teaching the girls how to do it properly, Um, starting off at a skill set that took me years to get to to master. So I found that that has actually opened up a whole heap of other opportunities for business for me as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's incredible. And we were talking earlier on and you have done additional trainings and so forth where now you're – you've done basically your apprenticeship in jewellery making in addition to the science behind what you do. Yes. You're the complete package through and through. And I think, listen, there are so many opportunities. You know there's so many opportunities, and without doubt, I wish you all the best, and I am looking forward to watching you grow from strength to strength. Now, I think that's about it for this podcast. We could probably do another 10. (laughs) I often say that. But watch this space because I think there's there's a whole heap that can come from this. So thank you so, so much for your time, for your authenticity, for your vulnerability and for your truth. You are an inspiration of a woman and it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I hope I didn't fuck up your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you've taken it to another level of, of okay. Oh, yeah, it's just typical me. Just go one step over the top. Yeah, she'll be right. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. So to everyone out there, you know, the message of the day without doubt is to know that it doesn't matter where where you've come from. You can achieve anything when you start getting tunneled vision and start believing in yourself, backing yourself, finding your worth, listening to your intuition and having integrity for yourself. Treat you the way you would treat one of your loved ones. You're all awesome, incredible, and stay strong. <laughs> I was going to say that before you said it, but I couldn't get it in. <laughs> well, i finish stay off. Stay strong. Do it. Stay strong. Love it. <laughs> <laughs>